0: Today I wanna talk to you about something that I've done over and over. Gone to places that I should not have gone to, done things that I wish I hadn't done, experienced things that I ought to not have stepped into, and harmed myself and those around me in the process. Now I know that no one else here has done that, that I'm alone in having sinned and gone and messed up and all that. But for maybe the one or two of you who have experienced that, I want to talk to you about that today. And I want to do it from a place of a person who is struggling like you. Not as a person who's like fixed everything. I could give you examples of my life that are not 10 years old. I could give you examples of my life that are 10 days old. You get what I'm saying? So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the scriptures and we're going to look at a, a really important text, but I need you to be open to it. And there's two things that I want you to keep in mind. Now, I know here we have people, especially when we talk about Going off in a wrong direction or moving into sin, we have people who are very familiar with that. In other words, you've, you feel the pain of your sin because you're living with the consequences of your sin. I get that, me too. And so, um, for those of you who are, the, this is not a sermon of condemnation, this will be a sermon of reflection for you so that you could see how we got to where we were with all the hurt and all the harm that we've done. For those of you who are thinking to yourself, oh, no, 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 I don't need a, a sermon on sin. I'm a good person. You're sitting here and you're thinking, I'm a good person. I don't make mistakes like this. This is for somebody else. I'm glad that you're preaching this for other people, but this is not me. Well, for you, I want you to be able to notice the hallmarks or the signposts of messing everything up. In fact, I've titled this sermon "How to Ruin Your Life in Four Easy Steps." It was so funny. We were at um, the worship team uh, came up, and one of the I won't mention who it was. Um, one of the worship uh, team. I told him, "Oh, I'm going to preach," and I told him the title, "How to Ruin Your Life in Four Easy Steps." He goes, "I could do it in three <laughs> Isn't that true? Isn't that true? Like, you could ruin your life just like that. And in fact, we have. For some of us, it's being clean for a period of time and then slowly surely, eking away, and then falling into a relapse, picking up the drink, going to the cop spot, messing up. For others of us, it's... Uh, being uh, with your spouse and not feeling delighted or appreciated or satisfied, but then there's that person at work that really finds you a delight and satisfies, and then you go into that direction and how painful that is. For others of you, maybe you're like me, and you thought, oh, no, you were too cool for school, and you're still paying the consequence of that one. Where you just decided a junior, if you're like me at junior high, I'm not going to go to school anymore, and 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 just the consequences of living with that. See, all of us have things that if we open up the photo album of our memories, we can shuffle the pages and look back on and say, "I wish that wasn't there. I wish I hadn't done that." Well, The Bible knows, God knows, that every one of us will be tempted to go in a wrong direction, to do a wrong thing, to stray from God. And so in this text, God is giving us a picture of you and me. And then hopefully he'll lead us towards himself. We're looking at Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. although in your bulletin, I know it's 1 through 7, that's my fault. But on the screen it's 1 through 9. If you would stand with me at the reading of God's word, we stand because we like we're reverence, we are standing in reverence, we're reminding our bodies that we are standing in reverence to God's word. Genesis 3 says this. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, Where are you? And that ends the reading of God's word. Please have a seat. So this message is deeply important to every single one of us. For those of you who have ruined your life and you're here, in fact, you came to service today, and we're missing like half the Puerto Ricans that we have today because they decided to make a wet, rainy parade. But check this out. Those guys needed to learn, and you needed to learn, that if you've messed up, you need to be able to look back on it and dissect how you messed up so that you don't repeat the same thing. Does it make sense that it, it, uh, um, uh, uh, history not reflected on gets repeated? And so we got to reflect. For those of you who have messed up and that's why you're here and, man, this, this is exactly what you need. And for those of you who think it can never happen to you, this is a good, good sort of heads up, and eye opener that might be helpful to you. So how to ruin your life in four easy steps according to Genesis chapter three. Now here in Genesis chapter three, I need you to see several different things. Number one, I know that many of us come from different traditions and some of you go, well, oh my gosh, I don't believe that. I don't even have, you don't even, check this out. If you're a Christian and you believe um, uh, this story happened, literally, I'm grateful that you're here. That's fantastic. I'm down with you. But check this out. You do not need to believe that this literally happened in order to gain great profit from this. Like, this will bless you if you don't believe Christianity, if you don't think, if you think that there are good parts of the Bible and then there are nonsense parts of the Bible and you'll take these but not take these, I want you to know I'm with you. I'm glad that you're here. I am so pleased that we get to do this together, but I'm telling you, there's more wisdom here than we can fit into a one-sermon message. There's like a, we could meditate on this for the rest of our lives and not exhaust the depths of this text it is wisdom. There is wisdom here that's very deep. So I want you to take it in and learn from uh, what this text has to say, but also I want to tempt you to move towards just the wisdom that's in the text and move towards Christ, because I think you'll find that that's very helpful as well. So let me give you the instructions on how to ruin your life in four easy steps according to Genesis chapter one, 3, verses 1 through 9. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to doubt the truth. I want you to doubt, and by the way, in your bulletins you have what we call a sermon map. And the sermon map is helpful because we know that the shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. And so this is gonna be helpful to you, so you're gonna wanna write this down. The first thing if you wanna ruin your life is to doubt the truth. Do you see how Satan approaches Eve? And by the way, Adam and Eve are like prototypes. You think you would have done anything different? Do you think that if, you know how like we look at the Bible and we go, oh, Adam and Eve, everything got ruined because of them. I would have been so different. Do you think you would have been any different? All you have to do is look past this week and know that you haven't been different. That, we're, that we sin, we mess up, we, we, we go the wrong way. So, check this out. First step in your bulletin, you can just, or in your uh, sermon map, you can write this down. Doubt the truth. Do you see that in verse one? The first thing that Satan says, and boy, we could talk forever about uh, the description that it gives Satan here, but he said, Did. God really say you see the first step that Satan wants you to 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 ruin your life is to doubt the truth to think that we're smart here's the, here's the essence of sin I'm gonna give you the essence of sin the essence of sin is a lie Every single sin that you've ever committed in your life, every single sin that I've ever committed in my life, there's a foundation of a lie under it. And here's, I'm going to give you the big lie, and then I'll give you some of the little lies that are under it. The big lie is God doesn't care about my joy or happiness. That's the big lie. You see, the big lie is that God doesn't want me to be happy. God doesn't understand my urges. God doesn't know how he may. I am bent this way. I was born this way. And therefore, I'm going to go contrary to God's will because this is, God is not for my joy or happiness. I'm going to have to discover that for myself, which is why so many of us, when we sin, we can't wait to get out of the church. Why? Why? No, listen, I'm with you. I'm down. Listen, I'm, I'm with you. The reason is, the reason is this because we believe the lie that God is some sort of curmudgeon. God couldn't possibly have said this about my sexuality because if he did, I wouldn't be happy. God couldn't possibly have said this with telling the truth because if he did, I wouldn't be happy. God couldn't possibly have said this about marriage because if he did, I wouldn't be happy. We believe A lie. But that's the first step. The first step is to doubt the truth. Did God really say? Again, foundation of all sin. Does God care? Or you could say it another way. God isn't good. You know what's good? Your idea. You know what's good? The thing that Satan is putting in front of you. You know what's good. It's the temptation that you've been using to stray from your meditation of Christ. That's what's good. We doubt the truth. Step two, we gotta, we gotta go. move quickly because we. I want you to see this. Believe the lie. The first step is to doubt the truth. The second step is to believe the lie. You see that in verse 4? You will not certainly die. Do you see that? You have to believe the lie. So first Satan gets us to doubt the truth. To to believe that God is not good. Then he gets you to believe the lie. There is no consequence for what you're going to do. Listen, listen. Mira, we are not talking about going whole hog. We're only talking about one time. Just one time. Can you do it just once? Just once. What kind of consequences would there be? Just once. Do you think, th- th- you think that there's consequences for your lifestyle? There's no consequences for your lifestyle. That book is narrow. That, that, that text is antiquated. No way does the Bible have anything good to say about your life. Or could, no way could the Bible disagree with you because you know that you know so much more than what the scriptures say. Believe the lie. Believe the lie. You don't, oh, my goodness, gathering together every week? The summer's coming up. Come on. There's beaches to go to and parties to be had and fun to do. There's all sorts of wonderful things that we can believe the lie. It won't be so bad. It won't be so bad. I mean, sure, the last time you wanted to commit suicide and it all went wrong and, boy, you wish you hadn't done it, but this time it'll be different. It'll be different this time. You know why it'll be different this time? No one knows. It'll just will. It'll be different. You know why it'll be different? Because. Because. Because what? No, because it'll be different this time. How to ruin your life in four easy steps? Doubt the truth. Believe the lie. Third, romance the sin. Romance the sin. Do you see that in verse 6? This I want to spend some time on. Romance the sin. You see that in verse 6? When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. Remember how I said that you could spend the rest of your life on this text and never outmine the depth and the beauty of this? Okay, this is part of looking at this that you just go, there are three kind of categories that she looks, that, that the scriptures look at her Eve as she's moving towards sin and she does the same thing that we do it's the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life do you see it there lust of the flesh it's good for food everybody needs food hey man if you don't have food you're gonna die But God made me this way. If I don't do this, I'll be denying myself. I know, it's, I get it. It's lust of the flesh. I have to have it. If I don't have that, I won't be whole. I won't be maintained. I won't be sustained. My happiness depends. My life depends. My health depends on sinning against the Lord. It's the lust. It's good for food. And it's pleasing to the eye. It's lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes. Pleasing to the eye. But it's so attractive. So beautiful. My, my, My experiences can't compare with what I'm seeing. My spouse can't compare with what I'm seeing. Walking with God can't compare with what I'm seeing. What I'm seeing is so much better. Wow. It's the lust of the eyes. You can find it anywhere. You can click on it. Good night, you can walk down a food aisle. There's a reason why they have all those sugary cereals at eyesight while the healthy cereals are either on the bottom or all the way on the top. There's a reason for that. They recognize, listen to me, listen to me. Marketers have mastered this. Every commercial you ever watch is looking to cultivate your lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, boastful pride of life you don't believe me watch your next your next show or whatever and then your commercials will be about what let's say food and they don't just say hey eat our food you'll gain 30 pounds if you do they don't say that no they go you know what, what is it Arby's we got the meats and then you see a big old burger that you're like oh I gotta have that It's lust of the eyes, right? Or lust of the flesh, right? They'll use... Now, somebody tell me, what do bikini women have to do with muscle cars? You know what muscle cars are? You don't know? Okay, muscle cars are those, like, old, like... uh, you know, they're older cars that are real strong. They're five, Yeah, the Monte Carlo SS, the Corvette, the Viper. Yeah, they're, they're, you know, the muscle cars. But whenever you look at a muscle magazine, you cannot look at a muscle magazine without a bikini, w- without a woman in a bikini. What do muscle cars have to do with the beach or women in bikinis? I don't know. But every single time that's there. Why? Because they know it's the lust of the eyes. You know what? If you drive this car, you'll attract that girl. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, boastful pride of life. Every commercial you see will be picking at one of these three. This is a master class in advertising. And the third one is uh, boastful pride of life. How many commercials have you seen, you know, with Amex saying, Hey, if you just get this, if you just go there, if you just purchase that, the freedom of it all. See, it's, it's, it's the boastful pride of life. If you get this, you'll be happy. You know what? You know what happiness is? Happiness is driving down a dark road in the city in a luxury vehicle. And then you stop and people look at you. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. What's happening? What's happening? Satan gets her to take her eyes off of Jesus and put her eyes on her, her sin, her temptation, her the thing that she wants, the thing that she feels bent to, the thing that she wants, the thing that will make her happy. If only God loved me, he would let me. You romance the sin in your mind. That's why lust is such a damnable thing. Because when you're thinking about lust, you're never thinking about, right? You're never thinking about ruining your family. You're never thinking about the medication that you're going to have to take for the rest of your life. That, that thought never occurred to you. You never, you never think of the real life consequences. Why? Because you, you're stuck in this hamster wheel of romancing The sin. Sin has never looked in my mind. I I have to work. Just this morning, I felt like I was being attacked by some stuff that's just in my head. And it was so hard for me to even think of one negative thing about this thing. And if I told you, you would be aghast. You'd be like, that's the way. I didn't think you would think like that. Yeah. It's just harms it hurts it wounds but satan never wants you to look at that he just wants you to romance the sin sure you could afford it look it's beautiful think of how you'll look and feel when you own that thing now remember we're talking about four easy steps and these are all very easy and you can all do this on your leisure First, you can doubt the truth. You can believe the lie. You can romance the sin. And then finally, this is the fourth thing. Do the deed. Do the deed. Do you see? It's right there in verse six as well. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some, you see it there? She took some, and ate it. Because there's nothing left to do at that point. You know that thing that you see in movies? Have you ever seen this in a movie? Let me, see if, let me, let me ask for a show of hands. I'm going to play out a scene, and you tell me if you've ever seen this in a movie. Okay? You know, let's call him Larry. Larry and Susie, they've been flirting with each other, but it's a forbidden love. A forbidden love. You can't run to it. They're both married, and but they're having uh, trouble in marriage, and so then they go and they go to the hotel, and then they, uh, you know, press the button and go up to the hotel in the elevator, and they get into the room and they start kissing and being romantic, and then Susie or Larry, one of them pushes it. They go, "I can't. I belong to." whoever, right? Let's call him Larry or or, or Sam. I belong to Larry. And then they leave. And they run out the door. And then the other person is there just waiting, longing for them, wishing that they would come back. But they have the conviction. You know that ain't true. Have anybody seen that? Anybody seen that scene? Yeah, just one or two of you. Sure you have. You know why? That's cool in movies. Let me tell you what really happens. Nobody that I know goes, you know what? I've had three years sober. (sighs) It's been three years. I've been tempted. All right, you know, just. Oh, I got to stop. What was I thinking? (laughs) Oh. What's it like? I remember. I remember being in a meeting. I remember being in a meeting. True story. Scared. It scared the life out of me. I was in a 12-step meeting, and a guy said this, and it was one of the most profound things I ever heard in a 12-step meeting. He said, said, two minutes after my relapse, I knew that I had done evil and was going to destroy everything in my life. Two minutes after I had relapsed, I knew that I had done something evil and I had destroyed everything in my life. It took me two years to come back. You feel that? Like two minutes, I knew. But there was no stopping me. There was no grabbing the shoulders of my sin going, no, I belong to Jesus. I'm going to run. There was none of that. It was grievous. It was painful. You do the deed. She took some and ate. And that's how you ruin your life. I'm glad you came to the service. You can go home now. <laughs> Nobody wants it to end there, right? No. no, of course not. We need hope, don't we? Matter of fact, what I just told you, you could have told me. Isn't that true? You know, I know. What do we do? Okay. Now I'm just going to speak to people like me who have gone farther than they should have gone, stood longer than they should have stayed, and paid far more than they were willing to pay. I'm just going to talk to the guilty, the ones who have ruined their lives in so many ways. Like me. I want you to look to this one verse. Verse 9, it says this. But the Lord God called. While their eyes were opened, while they had sinned grievously, While they had turned their back, while they believed the lie that God was not interested in their joy, that they could not be complete without their sin, not knowing that they cannot be complete without God, while they turned their back on God, God was doing something. God was pursuing. God was going after. And God wasn't just doing that in a sort of a haphazard way. God would would strain his vocal cords. We have a God who pursues, a God who goes after, a God who doesn't allow your sin to be the final word, but a God who says, you have sinned, you have gone from me, you think that satisfaction is to be found away from me, I know that you won't be complete without me. Truly, I will pursue you even if it kills me. And then it does. God himself lays his life down. In fact, he has a group of friends, disciples, he calls them, students of Jesus. You see, later on in this text, there'll be an animal. An animal is taken up. They find this animal, and then they do the, this is horrible. This is horrible. If you're you're like a PETA person, you're going to hate this part of the Bible. Like people for the ethical treatment of animals, right? You're going to hate this part of the Bible. They grab an animal, and they slay it. And the blood flows from that animal. And you go, that's so wrong. What did that animal do? He was totally innocent. He did nothing to deserve that kind of response to which God would say, I know. I'm trying to show you something. Could you imagine what they experienced? You have to understand, Adam and Eve had never seen blood in their lives. They were in a garden of perfection. Could you imagine seeing the animal cry out, hearing the animal cry out. I don't know if you've ever heard a lamb cry out. It sounds eerily like a child. And he slays them. And they're looking at it, and they're looking at the blood, and they're going, because it's not about that animal. That animal is a finger pointing to one who was even more innocent. See, God would not come to these people and say, you did four easy steps to ruin your life. Now I want nothing to do with you. God goes, look, I want you to see what it's going to cost. When you sin, what it's going to take. It's going to take, it's not like a, eh, all right, should have known better. No, it's blood, it's gore, it's crying, it's terror, it's awful,